we, we had a pleasant surprise when we connected up with Tom Bannister of Tom's Perfect Ten Granola. Uh, he happens to be practically a neighbor of, of, of Peter's. <laughs> well, not quite, but anyhow, uh, close enough, at least in, across the Atlantic. Um, Tom, could I start with asking a very stupid question? <laughs> what, where did granola come from? What is um, granola and where did it start? Yeah, of course. Uh, so granola is a breakfast cereal generally. I would say that's its kind of key usage, although I think we've seen it migrate into other meal times and snack times and occasions throughout the day. Um, but I'd say it's most known as a breakfast uh, cereal. Um, I would generally say granola has to include oats, but there are granolas out there on the market that don't include oats. Um, uh-huh. Typically, granola includes um, a mixture of fruit, some kind of mixture of fruit and nuts as well. Although, again, you know, you can make kind of sweeter granolas that are more chocolate-based. Um, yeah, we've been getting a lot of chocolate in our granolas, yeah. It's an incredibly versatile, um, you know, food type, really, and that, that was what attracted me to it, was that, you know, under this umbrella of granola, there were just kind of unlimited directions, ingredients-wise and storytelling-wise, and I think that was, for me, that was one of the major attractions that, um, you know, I could probably make a million granola recipes if I wanted to, maybe not a million, but certainly a thousand. I'm on, twen- I'm on flavor 25 at the minute, so I have a way to go. <laughs> No, no, I, I, you you I, have 25 flavors already? Yeah, I, I've done one a month since October 2020, kind of uh, the high watermark of the pandemic, which is when I started. So I'm now on flavor 25, which is going to be a Valentine's Day flavor. Yeah, um, great, great. Now, where, where, silly question, but where, where, where are you now? Are you in, are you in Glossop or are you in the United no. States? Yeah, so right, right now I'm in, yeah, I'm in New York City. Okay. I, um, as I mentioned, I, I, I grew up similar to you, Peter, in a small town, uh, kind of small rough and tumble town in the north of England. Yeah. And, you know, spent 18 years there, went to, went to college or university, as they call it in the UK. Uh, met an American lady who became my wife, moved to New York when I was 21. <clears throat> and then... Uh, I'm now 41, so I've been here for 20 years uh, this year. So you and Peter have a lot in common, I guess. Yeah, well, you're you're like me. You need you needed to get out of England, so you married a Yank. Yeah, yeah. I think I I, I, I think I was kind of like always like slightly part American, even growing up in England. Yes. But um, I think you know, growing up in England, you, you are exposed to so much American culture. Um, mm-hmm. On television, movies, music. So I kind of always had that as a as a big part of my life as a kid. Certainly the music side of it. So right. I, I think there's some truth to that. Now, what what did you do before you started experimenting? And I understand you spent a long time experimenting uh, with coming up with different flavored granolas. What did you do before? Yeah, I, so I moved to New York, and uh, I actually started in the film industry, um, working for a company called Angelica Entertainment, which has a movie theater here in New York, um, in the indie film world. And like I Angelica Houston? Similar to, it's not her, it's a different Angelica. Um, okay. But um, 
but yeah, and then uh, transitioned uh, into advertising around 2008 and spent a good 10, 15 years in advertising, kind of becoming a creative director at an ad agency here in New York. And at the same time, I'd always really had this kind of love of granola um, tied into different parts of my day. Breakfast, post-workout was a big one. Really? And I always had very strong opinions on granola. I'd never quite found the one that I, I uh, you know, I'd never found the perfect granola. Essentially, there were lots that I liked, but, you know, I kind of could always pick them apart. So one day my wife kind of, um, Eva Chen, who uh, has a follow, large following on Instagram, kind of just kind of turned the camera on me and, you know, asked me what I liked and didn't like about said granola that I was eating. And, uh, you know, those videos turned out to be really popular and, um, you know, encouraged me to start trying to make my own granola, which I did for a while. Um, and uh, ultimately, when the pandemic rolled around, I, I had a little bit more time on my hands and I made that granola available for sale on Instagram. And that was really the, the beginning of this pivot into granola making. Wow. Instagram, huh? Yeah. yeah. So you built a business based on social media. <clears throat> yeah. Um, you know, we really started out with the, with the, with the aim of trying to make you know, a granola that was perfect for Instagram. So not just tasty, but also... Um, beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. And also, I think, kind of tying into that storytelling element that you do find on Instagram now. It's it's not just those pretty pictures anymore. It's film, it's music. Um, there's a lot of ways that you can tell a story. So coming back to that versatility of granola and just those unlimited directions that you can go in, uh, with with the ingredients and with the storytelling, it, I, I found it just really lent itself to that. You know, I could go to Michigan and try cherries, or I could go up to Vermont and try try ginger infused maple syrup. Um, you know, I could source the perfect golden raisins from Florida. Um, you know, I, I just I found that 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 those kind that variety of the ingredients and um, you know and the locations that they're from and the stories behind them um, was not just you know, great fun for me to do, but kind of just also kind of tied into that, the backdrop and the storytelling behind the recipes. So I think that's what really um, clicked on social media and specifically on Instagram. Now, what do you put on your granola? I tend to... Put some granola into a bowl. I mean, (laughs) I will tell you you what I do afterwards, but what do you do do to to prepare it for for having your breakfast? You know, being being originally from the north of England, I'm less I'm less of a formal person. So I'm you know I tend to just grab a bag of it, rip off the top, and kind of just eat it, you know, from <laughs> like a fist of it. Um, you know, if if I'm if I'm kind of feeling slightly more civilized, I'll either put it on Greek yogurt in the morning, or you know, especially kind of post workout if I've gone. Uh, before having kids and had a little bit more energy, I would run quite a lot. And um, uh, I, you know, I found granola and Greek yogurt to be a perfect kind of post-exercise food. Not a big uh-huh. milk fan, although that's that's a key kind of way that people do eat granola. But I, I tend not to kind of pour milk on it. Um, so I'd say Peter my two, uses my half and half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we 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 used to have this thing in our household I'm, I'm a little older than you so so maybe maybe it wasn't maybe it's not a, a horse drawn cart that brought your 
dairy products around to you in in your on your in your neighbourhood, but it, it existed in mine, and uh, there was always a big fight over who got the cream off the top of the gold top <laughs> milk. So I, I, I think we had to take turns. Probably no, your mother. I guess you would have. <laughs> now, now I now I can buy a whole quart at a time. Of, <laughs> of milk and cream combined. And and I I put my granola in the bowl and then I pour the half and half over it and then I let it sit for a while. <laughs> right. The land of the land This of sounds really kind of more intimate than most of our interviews. <laughs> the land of milk and honey that is granola where uh, sorry, that is America where you can you know, pour all of these delightful things on your granola. <laughs> I like I like bananas in the middle, so, and and we have some good friends who make maple syrup in Vermont. So I put maple syrup on sometimes. Sometimes I put honey on there. I mean I, I I'm 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 going for broke. Well, you're, you've been adding dried fruits recently. Oh yeah, 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 yeah dried cranberries, <laughs> figs, figs are figs are good. Dates are good. Bananas, bananas sliced up are good. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of that idea of kind of customization that you can kind of customize a bowl of granola with different fruits is really is, is really part of the fun again around the kind of right. product and around the storytelling, which was appealing to me. So we've we've yeah, been now doing. Tell kind me of, a little bit more about this storytelling. Um, let's pick. What's your favorite right now? You you like the ginger zing, don't you, Evan? I have ginger zing right now. Yeah, ginger zing has kind of hit me well. I'm not. I'm not. Curiously enough, I'm not so keen with the chocolate and kia. Although although I, I've had some and it's tolerable, but I, it's not. It's not the. It's not my favorite. What story um, are you trying to tell with the uh, chocolate and um, uh, chia? Um, I'm trying to think what that what that recipe would be. Is it is it the classic recipe with the with the kind of blue the, the blue label, or is it a different uh, chocolate flavor? No, it, no, it's more of a it's a more chocolatey flavor. And uh, um, could it be smoky chocolate? It might be. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm, as I say, it's 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 not it's not my favorite, but I, but I but I do gobble it down. <laughs> right. It could be well, this this month's flavor. So what we do is we do a flavor a month, um, okay. and it, it kind of alternates. And then we have those two kind of perfect ten flavors, ginger zing and classic, and they're always available. Okay. So you've tried the ginger zing. I, I think that yes. the chocolate one that you're referring to might be a, a this month's flavor, which is tiramisu flavor. Okay. So it has um, kind of coffee notes and rum notes in it. It also um, might not be yours. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it, it might not be mine just because I haven't, I don't put chia seed in any of the granola. Uh-huh. Um, I've tried chia seed, and I don't it's like tricky. Seed. Kind of, it's, it's tricky to get it to work because you have to kind it's of soak slippery. it in water. And then, right. Yeah, and it's, it, it's it makes slimy and slippery, right? Yeah, it, it, it's hard to get crunchy granola with chia um, unless yeah. you don't. The chia in water, and then the chia just tends to kind of drop off the granola and yeah, collect right. in the bottom of the bag. 
Yes, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like I am not responsible for this subpar. <laughs> well, the 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 packaging. Now, we did notice there's a, a similarity in packaging between your granola and what's the other one? The um, I know it's, it's called World's Best or something like the that. The World's Best granola. Do you know about that one? I haven't seen that one. The, pack- what, the packaging. Um, the packaging well, who is packages it? Is there like a, a code of, for packaging granola that people tend to follow? You said it was called World's Best Granola? I think yeah. that's what they call it. I'm just looking it up on the internet. Um, do they do they have a, a guy with a mustache on the front on the front cover? <laughs> no, 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 they don't. Um, well, that could be our point of differentiation. That you know, during COVID, I had a, had a mustache and long kind of hair during the uh-huh. pandemic. I didn't get my uh-huh. hair cut for about 15 months. So I had this mustache and long hair, and I actually went and changed my driver's license during that period. So now <laughs> It looks like a someone from the seventies has kind of uh, come back, yeah, and right. come forward in time, and stolen my identity. Um, but the, the silhouette. Yeah, Crosby just died. Talk about the sixties and seventies. I mean, he lasted <laughs> to seventy-one. I'm surprised with all the drugs they lasted. Actually. Yeah, and he was from England as well, actually, right? I don't uh, David know. David Crosby. I think, he's, I think he's David Crosby was English. I think he he lived for a a long time in England. Whether whether he's originally from there, I'm not sure. I think he's from the north of England. I think one of Crosby's calls in Nashua's, and I think it was David Crosby. Okay, there you go. It could be. He was big big time. I mean, they they interrupted the news programs yesterday evening to to put in snippets about Crosby, Nash, and Young, and... The uh, tambourine man. That was that was always right. my favorite. Although, the, although I thought the recording of it that I liked the best was an Australian group called the Seekers. Right. Yes, sir. I know the Seekers. And they 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 did a version of. Yeah, I can't remember the the name of that group that where I sat next to. Um, the rock star who played the drums no, for it. No, it was no, no. an English band. I never heard any of these bands, but anyhow. Um, uh, now, what? What? Why do you refer to your your particular product as the perfect ten? What makes a granola a perfect ten? Well, I, I do say it's Tom's perfect ten, so um, you know it's kind of subjectively my perfect ten. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but I do, you know, uh, I do I do consider it a perfect ten granola. Um, I so during the during the production and making and sales and distribution of those twenty five flavors that I've done over the last two and a half two and a half years, we included a scorecard. Uh, so everybody who bought my granola and still, if you buy my granola now, you get this little scorecard in it. It rates the granola. You can rate the granola on the scorecard out of 10 on six different categories, creativity, really? flavor, aroma, texture. Yeah. Um, so well, who gets to these? Anybody who buys the, the flavor of the month. So if you, if you go on my site okay. now and buy tiramisu, it will, tiramisu will show up with a scorecard. Oh, 
And, um, you know, I was kind of thinking quite a bit about the wine industry, um, you know, and how, and how scoring kind of became so important in the wine industry and how, and, you know, as somebody who, who, um, you know, wasn't from a food industry background, I just felt when I started this journey that that kind of customer feedback would, would really help me improve my, my granola as I, as I went along. Um, so, you know, we've got thousands of those scorecards back and, and people uh, fill them out and then post it to Instagram and tag me. Um, really? So I see it on my Instagram and I tend to reshare most of them, even the bad ones, and there are a few. But, um, you know, from that kind of, um, from that feedback loop, uh, you know, I've gotten a really clear picture of what thousands upon thousands of people like in their granola and, um, you know, which flavors they like better than others and what they like about them. So the smell, the texture, the aroma, like I've, I've gotten very granular feedback. So the two that I've brought back, Classic and Ginger Zing, I, I do feel confident in saying they're perfect tens just because, um, you know, they got such great feedback from so many different people and um, that I felt confident kind of putting it out there um, that, that, it was a, that it was a perfect temp. Um, so, you know, that's well, been that's kind of part of my journey from kind of zero to, to well, you know, you, to you, one. You, you know what to do because of your background in advertising. I mean, you really have this nail, don't you? <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm, I'm, le- to be honest, I'm learning as I go, honestly, it's, uh, and that's been one of the fun, the, the fun parts of this journey, really. You know, when you do something completely out of left field and that you've never done before, it's this kind of very uh-huh. steep learning curve. And um, so, and that for me has been the storytelling aspect as well. Like I, um, you know, I have spent my life in advertising and, and film production, but that was always behind the camera. Um, so for me, kind of going in front of the camera and uh-huh. talking about granola was a big step, um, you know, just to kind of, and maybe it was the same with you starting podcasting, I'm sure when you first did it and you first heard your own voice on a podcast, I'm sure there was that kind of, it, 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 it takes a while to kind of break through that personal yeah. barrier. And, no, I mean, I've never recognized my voice. I've been doing, um, I started doing television when I was like 22 or something um so I mean I've never really liked my voice I don't even identify with it <laughs> I don't know what it's <laughs> yeah. talking <laughs> and, and that, that's what I um because I get qu- asked quite a bit about that from people who are who are thinking about doing it themselves like if they have a startup you know and and honestly part of my advice is don't watch it like if, if you, you film Oh, yeah, I mean, I can't, I, I never listened to any of this program. I should say that online, but I mean, on, on, on phone, microphone, I shouldn't say that, but um, yeah, it's, it's really hard listening to yourself, and if you're doing television, too, then you notice all these ticks you never realized you did, like putting your hair behind your ear, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, I have a lot of those. Um, yeah. A lot of those, as my wife can attest. Um, <laughs> I, but yeah, I think that's that's the key. If you, you know, if you if you kind of make if you are breaking that fourth wall and kind of going in front of a camera and you 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 don't have that background, I think just not watching the videos because I I think everybody looks at themselves on on a, on a, on film or on video or hears their voice recorded and there's a, it's a shock because you 
I think for everybody, you don't come across as how you think you are. And I think that's uh-huh. always a little, you know, uh, shocking and, you know, just dis- un- uncomfortable for people. And I think even if you read interviews with famous actors and people on stage, like even people at that level who've gotten that far in, in the performance pr- profession, a lot of them are still uncomfortable with seeing themselves in that way. Uh-huh. Um, so, so I think it's a universal thing, and I think you just have to ignore it and uh, not even look at it. Hang on, don't look at it. Don't look at it. Just make more. Just make a different flavor. People don't like it. So, where do you go next with with this this business? Well, so I'm on Flavor Twenty Five, and um, when I started this, I actually. Uh, October 2020, I kind of committed to making six flavors. So when we first announced this, I, I said, I'm going to make six flavors. And, and, you know, after I did flavor one, I was like, how am I going to do another five? Um, you know, <laughs> I've got five more to go. How am I going to survive this? But, but gradually, as I kind of went along and got better at it, got, got more comfortable doing it, and, um, you know, it can, it, it can still be really hard coming up with a flavor and then streamlining it for, like, mass production oh, yeah. within the space of two weeks. So, actually, this morning, I was just at our uh, cooking facility in Brooklyn trying to kind of crack this uh, Valentine's Day recipe, which is called Lavender Crush. Um, and, you know, I'd made a few mistakes on ordering certain items. I'd ordered ex- lavender extract instead of lavender oil and Oh, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, <laughs> that would make a big difference. <laughs> yeah, so there, there were quite a few issues with it, and um, yeah, you know, again on that steep learning curve. So, um, you know, so it, 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 it's it's tricky each month, but it's it's a lot of fun, and and people um, still really like those flavor of the month. So I think we're going to continue doing that, but we are beginning to put these these perfect ten flavors, so Ginger Zing Classic, into supermarkets. Um, okay. Right now, we're, I think we're in about 50 store spaces. I'd, I'd say the most prominent one is Foxtrot, which is a chain in Chicago. They have about 20 outlets in Chicago. Um, uh-huh. So the granola is in there. And yeah, well, that was going to be my next question, since we've talked about how wonderful it is. How do people get it? And you've mentioned maybe you could explain a little bit more about the uh, the flavor of the month or whatever you're talking about, and and also and the store finders. Do you have store finders, or how do people get it? Yeah. Um, so the easiest way is just to go onto my website, which is tomsperfect10.com, and uh, you know that that will give you the most options in terms of flavors there you will be able to see our flavor of the month you'll be able to sign up for a subscription and then we also have seasonal drops so we did this granola in a tin for the holidays you had four different flavors of granola in one tin and uh, we're doing a special drop for valentine's day lavender crush as i mentioned and um, we're doing something for easter as well so the website tomsperfect10.com i think that's the, the best place for people to go um outside of that we're beginning to uh to pop up in you know, specialty stores, as I mentioned, New York, Chicago, and kind of dotted around, one, one in Los Angeles, one in San Diego. Um, the best way to find out about those is probably just to follow me on Instagram at Tom Bannister, and I'm kind of regularly posting about the 
where you can find the granola. You can't actually find it on, we don't actually have a store locator on the site as yet. That's, that's possibly something I should put on my very long to-do list. Um, uh-huh. but, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I say the best, the best uh, place is my website. And then, um, you know, if you also follow it's me on 10 the number or is it spelled out? It's the number. Okay. It, I actually think it's, it's both, but the, the brand is actually Tom's Perfect Ten, the number. But if you put, if you spell it out, you'll, I think you'll still get to the same place. Oh, okay. Very good. Well, you sound like you're having a good time, Tom. <laughs> and, yeah. and And the, the excitement of new flavor every month sounds like what we need to. <laughs> right, Rabbit? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Well, I, I wish you continued success, major expansion. Um, Thank you. And, uh, yeah. And uh, let's, let's hear it for the north of England, huh? <laughs> and, 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 and are you a city or a, the other guy? Uh, I'm a United fan. You're a United fan. Okay. Well, you, <laughs> well in, that, in that case, you're, you're having a better year than last year, right? <laughs> Yeah, when I grew up in in Manchester United in the 90s were the best team, certainly in the UK, but they've obviously uh, fallen off a little bit since then. But uh, the whole city's football crazy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and, and apparently the, 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 it's become a destination for people around the world. To go to Manchester, <laughs> once upon a yeah. time, people would have avoided it as best they possibly could. <laughs> yeah, who was it? It's funny. Who was it? We were talking to, and um, he, he, English, and I can't remember Paul, where it was. Paul was Paul Kitchen. Yeah, Paul he, Kitchen. He's a, yeah, go ahead. He, he had a restaurant called Juniper in in Manchester. And, and he he asked me where I was from, and I said Huddersfield, and he said, Peter, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was particularly rude of him. <laughs> well, he was a good person. Yeah. Anyhow, well, it's been fun talking to you, uh, Tom, and, and as I said, I've been, you're on a roll, and I think you're going to continue. And, uh, yeah, keep in touch. Thank you very much for having me on. I uh, really appreciate it, and um, it's been fantastic talking to you both today. And I, d- I would love to chat further about the north of England, but um, uh, thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Oh, I'm so excited to be talking to Lisa King, uh, somebody who acted on a dream and the dream came true. And the product is absolutely, if I might not overkill here, uh, dreamy. We've been ODing <laughs> on, on uh, brownies <laughs> from Brownie Points, which is the company that Lisa King and, and her partner founded, a partner founded. 
All right. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So uh, why don't you, um, so uh, I want to make sure I say right up front that we've been having a ball eating these, tasting all the different, I didn't know that brownies could go in so many dimensions. <laughs> so it's oh, been fun. thank you. But I never thought much about brownies at all until um, Peter's mother was visiting from from England. And um, it, it for her, who she's a, a had an insatiable sweet tooth, and uh, it, they didn't have at the time, this was a while back, they didn't have ubiquitous brownies. And so it was a new discovery for her. And we could hardly keep her supplied with them. She kept eating them constantly. <laughs> But um, well, then, the <laughs> yeah. But the, before we contacted you, um, I heard a story about somebody who was dealing in special education with uh, some people with disabilities, and one of the things they did that was very successful was getting um, the the the, uh, the clients organized to make brownies, and it was such a, a successful venture. So I thought immediately to wow. talk to you about brownies. So oh. you, you have cornered the market on brownies as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Tell us oh, your story, well, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. actually, I was a teacher who made a mean brownie, and it really began as a hobby for me, and eventually it became a serious business. Um, I taught school by day. And by night, I indulged myself baking brownies actually as a hobby. And initially, I did it just doctoring up mixes and kind of putting my spin on the brownie. And then eventually, I actually created my own brownie recipe from scratch. And I started passing them out to family and friends and (laughs) neighbors in my high-rise apartment building. I made more friends than you could possibly imagine. And people (laughs) encouraged me to really pursue it uh, full-time. And while I loved my teaching career more than I could ever tell you, um, I decided to finish off the year and pursue it as a business and without any business background because, again, I was a teacher. I self-educated myself by going to the library every day and learning really? as much as I could. I did, and eventually Brownie Points was born. Wow. Now, now you're in Columbus, Ohio, right? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. I actually started the business in Cleveland, Ohio, and baked out of my tiny apartment kitchen for almost four years with one of my sorority sisters from college. Oh, wow. So. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. I mean, how would you describe brownie? (laughs) If you come down to it, I didn't know that my mother-in-law had not had any exposure to brownies. I thought it was so strange. Isn't that so funny? Well, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I know you mentioned your mother-in-law from England. Brownies are, are really an American iconic dessert. And in my mind, it's pure chocolate, pure butter, vanilla, the best ingredients, of course, some sugar and some flour and some other fun ingredients mixed in. But it's really a chocolate baking confection. And brownies can be classified as fudgy or cakey. Our brownies are fudgy, which you probably have already experienced because we use pure chocolate in every recipe. Okay. So that's it. I mean, you're really eating fudgy things. I mean, who could resist that? You're right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Absolutely. Well, you started out with your own recipe, right? 
correct. I, I developed my own recipe. And um, I, I'm so curious, how do, how do you do that? I mean, well, I mean how was it distinctive? <laughs> what was really distinctive about your own brownie recipe? So what I think makes our recipe distinctive, first of all, I had a vision in my head of what I thought the perfect brownie was, which is like a fudgy confection. So it's not just about using the best quality ingredients and using pure chocolate rather than cocoa powder. There's a humongous difference. Also, of course, pure vanilla and butter. But it's also about the texture, knowing the right way to bake it, knowing the right temperature to bake it on, knowing the amount of time to let it cool, because when you do that, it allows the brownie to become a little more fudgy over time rather than cutting it right away. I mean, there's a lot of tricks to the trade, and it took me about six months, and I ended up inviting my neighbors over as focus group participants until we decided what we all agreed on as the best and most perfect brownie. Wow. <laughs> so it was a journey, but a fun one and a tasty one. Yeah, but I mean, there, there's so many different takes. I mean, I saw people were sell, trying to uh, market the edges. I mean, like the edges of a, brown, a pan of brownies. I mean, I've never been drawn to that part of the brownie, but uh, <laughs> oh. I never even thought about the edges, you know. Let me just tell you about the edges. First of all, we're launching a product with our edgies. We call them edgies. When I tell you that we have people at our facility every day asking to buy them. Oh, and yeah. what's so great about them is when we, our brownies are cut in a machine and the edges actually come off the perimeter so every brownie is perfect. Well, those crunchy on the outside, chewy on the inside, delicious bites are addictive. And people can't get enough of them. And you're right. You would never think about it. But I have to tell you, that in and of itself is a business on its own. And we will be launching a new product with the Edgy. So you'll be getting some when they're out because we'll want to know what you think <laughs> too. <laughs> they're addictive. I'm just warning you now. <laughs> you couldn't get too many. These Peter's been really gulping down. He's one of those people who could eat all these calories and not gain an ounce. You know. Peter, that's not fair. <laughs> that's what, that's well, that's how we make them they little, say. then they don't count. Now you've you've got some ingredients that start out liquid, and they're they're really pro they're adults only brownies. How, yes. how did they come about? Oh, Peter, you're so funny. That's right. We do have, and actually, I should tell you, while we only recommend them for adults, because the alcohol is actually baked into our boozy brownies. The actual alcohol taste remains, but you cannot become intoxicated by our boozy brownies. You could eat multiple ones, and nothing will happen. Yeah, I and tested that out by having one for breakfast. <laughs> I had a bourbon brownie for breakfast. <laughs> oh, it was, it, it was tasted bourbon. just like bourbon, too. I mean, it really, the taste was there. But it I, I was... So funny. It does. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. So, no, um, fine. So how many different varieties do you have? So that's a really good question. Our claim, and actually it is a fact, is that we make the most brownie flavors on earth. 
And as far as how many we have, we've developed over 150 brownie varieties. Holy Moses. We do, yes. We, have, we don't have all of them at once. We actually rotate them. Um, we have our MVB brownies, which are our most valuable classic brownies, which are the ones that I developed early on when I started the business. Um, and those are always available, and there are 12 of them. And then we have a line that's called our Flavor Factory, and those are innovative, exotic, extraordinary varieties made with all kinds of fun ingredients and pairings, and those rotate every two months. So they're limited edition. When they're out, they're out. Uh, Do you have like a subscription service? We don't actually have a subscription service yet. But I will tell you, we have lots of people that subscribe to Brownie Points, and boy, do they wait for the new flavor to drop. I mean, you wouldn't believe on the day that those flavors are, are launched, you can't imagine how many people are calling in the orders that come in because they can't wait to try the new flavors and the pairings just to see what they think. And some of them are really out there, but they are really, really good. Yeah, some, tell our listeners what some of these flavors are because they're really unusual. <laughs> Go ahead. They are. They're very unusual. I mean, I can tell you that, you know, we do them in the boozy varieties. We do them in all the different varieties. So you'll see different flavors pop. But, for example, right now we have a cake batter vodka one in our boozy brownie, which is super <laughs> fun. We have a chocolate pavlova, which has like a meringue baked into the top of the brownie. We have one that's with animal crackers that's baked into the brownie, and it's also uh, in, mixed into the buttercream. We have a coconut dolce de leche. We have a tiramisu brownie right now, a blackberry and a lemon curd one. We even have a chocolate babka brownie. Um, <laughs> we've even done, if you can believe this, an everything brownie, which is a blondie brownie made with cream cheese and everything seasoning. And as funny as that sounds, you wouldn't believe how good that sweet and everything all mixed into a blonde brownie tastes. It's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and it's still fun to create them. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's the record for brownies consumed in a single day oh, among, among, among your customers. I'm tell you. <laughs> You're probably up there, Peter. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm probably up there too, Peter, so don't worry. But I would tell you that I had one customer that I went to go see. I took, I think, 24 different varieties with me for him to try. He tried every single one while I sat there. And he looked so ill when I left that I never oh, no. ever order. <laughs> He ended up being one of my biggest customers, but he literally <laughs> tried every single brownie. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> no, I, so no, I'm going to give him the record. I discovered a box that contained not brownies, but truffles. Oh, yeah. Oh, Talk about that. Yes. How, how, come yes. that how come that happened? So, Peter, that is such a fun question. Well, of course, we're brownie obsessed at Brownie Points, and everything we do has some element of brownies in it. And, you know, I love truffles. But to me, the only thing missing from it was a brownie. And so it was just one day where we just started talking and brainstorming. And I said to one of the people in my baking area and my production manager, we need to do something like a truffle, but it needs to be in, in the form of a brownie. And we decided to take, and this is really fun, we make a certain type of chocolate fudge brownie that's very fudgy, 
that we use for brownie cutouts that are called brownie emojis. And they're adorable, oh, and they have cute. everything from all the cute little faces you see on your phone. I mean, everything you can imagine to express yourself through a brownie. Well, when we would cut them out, all the extra pieces that were, um, out, came about from the outside mm-hmm, of right. the cutouts were these super fudgy pieces. So we decided that we would take those brownie parts, we would mix them with some fun ingredients, which includes cream cheese, roll them into balls, and then dip them into chocolate. And from that moment, we call them bruffles, which is the mixture of a brownie and a truffle. Bruffles were born. (laughs) Oh, wonderful. What did you teach? I mean, you you must have been a fun teacher because you're so creative. Oh, you're, you know what? I taught kindergarten, first grade, and third grade, and I also oh, wow. taught special education while I was um, a student teacher, and it was the most gratifying, amazing experience. I love it. I love children. Yeah, well, but like, we did do to, baking. <laughs> they, my, um, when our son was in kindergarten, um, they, he adored his teacher. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and uh, she was really good with with kids and so forth. And but she would walk in and with all the little munchkins following her in the morning. Oh, and then by yeah. the end of the day, she was dragging out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, and, and my sister-in-law, she taught kindergarten her entire career. She's retired now, but really, oh, she was so creative about it. Yeah. Yeah, she was in the UK. She's a really special person. Did she really? Yeah, because you know what? That's the first impression a child has. And that you can make or break their whole thoughts about teachers in school in kindergarten. So good for them. Yeah. Where where did you get the colors for the, the, uh, what do they call it? Packaging. The packaging. The packaging is really. The packaging I wanted to talk about because it's special. But I was talking about the. What, what the, the the boxes come with ribbons tied around them. They do, they do, and I'll tell you that was one of the most important things to me after we perfected the brownie because this is an experience. It's not just eating a brownie; it's the whole experience, and it's the opening of the box experience and seeing a treasure chest of brownies on the inside when you get your gift. And the packaging and the colors, the palette of colors that we use, actually we worked with some very creative, very artistic people that I could never have done this without because they had the vision. They presented us with the colors. I know what I like when I see it. I just wasn't sure what I wanted. But once I saw the palette of colors that we're using, which is like the chocolate brown and the mint green and the mango and the – blush and the hot pink and the rose gold we knew and all of our packaging is completely based on those colors and you saw there's different color boxes but everything comes together and they're all one of those colors in the palette now here's the here's the interesting observation for you we are going to recycle all those beautiful ribbons oh i love that peter i I love that so they are so they are so fine-looking, right, sweetheart? Oh, yeah, they're beautiful. And I, I like your tagline, too. When you get a box, and there's this card in there that says, somebody must really like you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so funny. People talk about that all the time, and I take no credit for that. 
one of one of the people, one of my colleagues who is so instrumental in making our business incredible is Elisa. And Elisa comes up with these incredible lines. She is so creative. She's really the brains behind the beautiful packaging as well. Um, and everyone comments on that because I feel like if you send brownie points to someone, they must really love you because let's face it, it's special and you don't forget it. So yeah. thank you for that. Wow. Um, now. Like if if you join us, take a subscription. What happens? I mean, what do you get, and how often, and so on? Well, we haven't. We're actually in the process of doing a program like that this year. We don't even do the subscriptions yet. I mean, truthfully, we just have a, a great website. We make it very easy for people to order if they want to order online, and we keep in touch with our customers. We we do emails. We do announcements. You know, we do a lot on social media just so we can really engage with um, the people that love brownies, and we make sure they know what's going on. We will be doing a subscription at some point, but it is not something that okay. we have implemented yet. Right. And now your, your website for people who, who want to know is? Yes. It's brownie points, spelled oh. out. So brownie and then P-O-I-N-T-S and then Inc, I-N-C, dot com. So you visit browniepointsinc.com. Brownie points, it's plural. With an S, Inc. Yes. Inc. Exactly. I-N-C. Yes, dot com. Dot com. Well, I mean, there, there, there is a benefit to when you do everything right. There is a marketing benefit um, I mean, you. you must be winning lots of prizes and things, right? Oh, we we have been so fortunate, and believe me, I don't take it for granted. We have had some pretty amazing accolades. I mean, we've been on the Today Show three times, and Good Morning America, and twice on the Food Network, and as the, in the Secret Life of Brownies, and the best in Ohio, and we've had some beautiful write-ups, including in the New York Times, and. We feel very fortunate. We really do, and we were. Well, even you have a, a good writer. product. I mean, it, it, you Thank have no you. idea how many products we get. <laughs> I tell you, and there, there are people I don't even know how they survive with the quality of the products they produce. <laughs> but oh, but yours is just spectacular. You. I mean, it's just. Thank uh, you. And it, and it's well, instead, you made I think, my day. <laughs> oh, but I mean the the, uh, the additional benefit is like. Um, very intelligent marketing. I mean, you don't make, you don't talk down to people. I mean, it, it's it's very sophisticated. I'm surprised you don't have a whole background in marketing. Oh, you are so kind to say that. I don't. I don't. I just love it. And I love what I do. And you know, when you love something, you find a way to do it. And let me just also say, this wouldn't be happening without an incredible team. My sister-in-law, Lisa, is my business partner. Okay. And Lisa, what I am, Lisa is not, and vice versa. And I really attribute that to the success of our business. Oh, no. Well, who is Alyssa? Alisa. So there's Lisa, Lisa, and Alisa, if you can believe that. So two Lisas. Can you believe that? And Lisa and I are sister-in-laws, and we live about two blocks apart. We go on vacations together. We share an office, if you can believe that. Oh, and boy. we really, I mean, we're together five to seven days a week, honestly. Um, but Lisa's the yin to my yang. I mean, we just know how to make it work together. 
Alisa is really the liaison between all of us because she's really the person that makes all of our – what I see, my vision, she knows how to execute. And Lisa makes sure that we can afford it. <laughs> and Lisa's good at numbers, so she works with Lisa on that piece of it as well. Because you can have all the great visions, but, you know, that doesn't mean it will happen unless you have somebody that can help you execute. Yeah. So, so, you, so you, you're thinking about branching out – and offering Buckeye brownies since you're in Ohio? Oh, we do Buckeye brownies, Peter, we actually. We do. Oh, I, missed, um, I, missed, I didn't get to that box yet. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going to send you some. If you didn't get any, I'm going to be sending you some. But I bet you there's one in there. We do do Buckeye brownies. And, of course, we have to since we're in Ohio and we're the state for Buckeyes. But yeah. that brownie is fabulous. It has Buckeye batter. We make gourmet Buckeyes here also. But we take that gourmet Buckeye batter and we put it in the middle of a chocolate fudge brownie. And we call those little Sammies. So it's like a little brownie sandwich. But oh, wow. They're, they're quite incredible. And that Buckeye batter is just it's our own recipe, and it has some fun secret ingredients in it. And mixed with the brownie, it's pretty darn good. Now, what what did Al Roker think about Buckeye brownies? <laughs> well, it's funny. When we were on the Today Show the first time, I don't remember if Al tried them. Matt Lauer did. Katie Couric did. Um, who else? Elizabeth Fargus did. Stone oh, wait, did. I like her, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and actually, you know, I only can say this because they said this on TV, but they actually titled it as the perfect brownie. So we were very flattered and very honored. And Mike Leonard was actually the person who did the second. Oh, yeah. And he was on there a long time ago, but he's really something. He's so fun. But we were, um, I'm sure Al liked it, but Al, Al looks great. Al lost a lot of weight and he's doing, he's probably eating very healthy, but we always say if you eat a brownie standing up, they'll go to your feet, so you don't have to worry about it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe bigger shoes, but not bigger clothes. So <laughs> oh, dear. Well, what, if you've accomplished all of this, I mean, where do you go next? Oh, you're so nice to say that. You know what? I always say it's I I'm it's never I'm never exactly where I wanna be. There's always more and I feel like we need we are on the way, my hope is to be the brand name of brownies. So if you think about a brownie and you want a brownie, the only thing that's gonna go through your head is brownie points. And that's honestly what that's my goal. That's my long-term goal. I want to be the brand name of brownies, and I want everyone to think of brownie points when they want to have the perfect brownie. When, I mean, so, I, don't, I don't want you to name anybody, but do you have major competitors that you need to uh, wrench this title from? I don't really think we do. I really feel like we've, we do have competitors, and they do a great job. All, all the, I mean, there's never been a bad brownie. I just think we're the best brownies. But... Do I think we could inch up a little more, maybe with more brand recognition? Yes. And are we working on that? Absolutely. Because I do want to become the brand name. I will tell you, I won't even mention, but one of our competitors um, actually now buys our brownies. So (laughs) that tells you something, right? (laughs) But we won't say anything more than that. (laughs) Well, from my perspective, you're at the top. You're well, number one you. from, from our perspective, right, Rabbit? Well, I appreciate that so much, both of you. Thank you. That no. means a lot coming from the two of you. 
You know your well, stuff and you know your we, food. We, we, we certainly get a lot of it. We do, do know it, I think. <laughs> I believe uh, it. I'm sure you do. Yeah, you. My, 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 my wife says I'm too skinny. I should weigh more. So well, you're we're making sending a more brownies. You're making, a contrib- you're making a contribution to her. She she feels she feels so happy. Oh, I love it! You are the best. I love it. Thank oh, you. <laughs> well, listeners, you really deserve to to go and try out brownie points brownies, and uh, we've been talking uh, to to Lisa King, who's developed this whole thing from scratch. Just like they bake all their brownie brownies from scratch. Uh, she's built this incredibly thoughtful and delicious business, and I can't say how happy I am um, to have discovered you, Lisa King, and Brownie Point. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I love talking to both of you. I could talk to you every day. Well, uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> available most days, so go ahead. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I ride the bike. You know, that's how I can actually afford to, to eat all of this. I ride the bike I every love day. It. I so, love so when I'm on the br- bike, I can talk to you about brownies. <laughs> I love that. One of my friends tells me he eats them while he's on the treadmill. <laughs> oh, see, that's this is a. <laughs> That's the same idea, the same concept. Exactly, exactly. Well, let us know. Keep us posted on everything you're doing. And uh, I I hope, I just wish, and there's no reason why you won't have ever-growing and continued success with with such an attitude, uh, such thoughtful marketing, and such a gorgeous product. Gorgeous taste-wise and also visually. I mean, I'd be happy to send brownies to anybody if they came in packages like yours, and and they do. Okay, Lisa, good talking to you. Good talking to both of you, and thank you.